everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Papa John's Brain Droppings Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Obviously, yesterday we had a bit of a hiatus. Uh, there actually wasn't really that much to talk about. That was the reason. Uh, that will tend to happen with this podcast. If we've got a lot to talk about, we'll broadcast. If we don't, we'll save it up for the next show. Uh, so we do have a lot to talk about on this episode. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get started. But before we do, just a quick reminder, there's still a little bit more than 36 hours left to vote for Maxim's Finest for Anna. Um, so if you can, please make sure that you do. Uh, if you haven't yet, please make sure that you do. Uh, there's just 36 hours left to vote. Uh, so you can vote through Facebook or you can vote with the Warrior Vote. Again, if you vote with the Warrior Vote, a uh, portion of the proceeds benefits Homes for Wounded Warriors. Uh, really good cause. Uh, Anna's a really good friend of mine. Definitely, if you guys can help, we would both appreciate it. Um, you know, 36 hours left, so let's try to get out as many votes as we can uh, before the clock hits zero. So let's find back, and this podcast will actually go a little bit beyond 24 hours. I know I said that at the beginning, this podcast is going to be the last 24 hours. This will be a little bit more because we didn't really get a chance to have an episode yesterday um, because there wasn't really that much to talk about. But there's a lot to talk about uh, from yesterday and the day before, which we'll squeeze into this podcast. Um, So we'll get things started. Last night, Monday Night Raw. Um, So there is a little bit of wrestling content here. Um, we're going to start things off with some wrestling content, actually. So, little Kurabo uh, tweeted out, uh, It makes sense that Roman Reigns believes so strongly in God, given that his enormous push, despite having zero mic skills, is a fucking miracle. A lot of people would agree with that. Um, the other thing which I found interesting, this was a tweet from Uberfax. I didn't even think about this. I thought I'd seen this before growing up as a kid, but I wasn't totally sure. This actually confirms it. Uh, Scar from The Lion King was actually used as a throw rug in the Hercules movie. And I thought I saw that in the Hercules movie growing up as a kid, but I wasn't totally sure. It looked familiar. Um, But that is actually Scar from The Lion King being used as a throw rug for the Hercules movie. Uh, So pretty interesting uh, unintentional tie-in between those two movies. Um, The other thing that I saw from yesterday Uh, President Trump was saying that he's going to be visiting uh, Florida soon after Hurricane Irma. Um, So he did speak to the press, and when he did, I want you guys to keep an eye on Melania, who's beside him. Probably, I saw... Somebody said 57 years. Now, who knows what that means, but it's just about the biggest ever recorded that hit land, and unfortunately, we got it. Now, it may we may have been a little bit lucky in that it went on the west, and it may not have been quite, but I'll be, we're going to Florida very soon. Mr. President, you've had a number of briefings. Was there anything that concerns you most? Well, just the power. Probably, I saw... Somebody said 57 years. Now, who knows what that means, but it's just about the biggest ever recorded that hit land, and unfortunately, we got it. Now, it may we may have been a little bit lucky in that it went on the west, and it may not have been quite as destructive, but we're going to see. Look, we're gonna, it's going to play out over the next five or six hours. 
I'm going in now for meetings, but it's all about coordination. I think we're really well coordinated, as well as you can possibly be. And I'll tell you what, we have great people. And a group that really deserves tremendous credit is the United States Coast Guard. What they've done, I mean, they were, they're going right into that, and you never know. You know, when you go in there, you don't know if you're going to come out. They are, they are really, uh, if you talk about branding, no brand has improved more than the United States Coast Guard. And FEMA and the entire group, FEMA's been incredible. So now we'll see what happens. The really, I think the hard part is now beginning. We'll see what happens. So yeah, nothing about Donald Trump for a change was actually interesting to me in that clip. What was interesting to me was Melania. She looked like she was dressed up like Michael Jackson. Um, the whole suit, uh, the gold... Um, it, it looked a lot to me like Michael Jackson, so I was expecting her halfway through what Donald Trump was saying to do like a moonwalk or something. <laughs> um, another interesting tweet, uh, this was from Clay uh, Rutledge, he said the alt-right wants to return to racial segregation. Oh wait, this isn't the alt-right, it's the academic left. And what he tweeted was a, an interesting article that came out about exclusion in the name of inclusion and how a lot of times, especially in schools right now, in universities, what you see from uh, the regressive left is so far left that it actually goes back right around uh, to where the alt-right is thinking. Um, and that's basically what he's talking about there. Um, really interesting article, again, that's on twitter.com slash the John D. Newton if you guys want to check that out. Um, but I, I do find that a lot of times where the regressive left goes so far left that they're actually just as bad as the alt-right. Um, so an interesting article there, interesting thoughts there by Clay. Um, another weird article uh, was saying that cuckolding is the sex fetish for intellectuals. Um, that article I find to be very strange. Cuckolding, for those of you guys that aren't familiar, is basically when a couple uh, agrees, or usually the guy, agrees to have his girlfriend or wife uh, have sex with somebody else while he's watching. Um, very, very strange. Um, and this article is saying that it's a sex fetish for intellectuals. Um, Chris Reagan tweeted, Our species has to be a punchline to some cosmic joke. I'm sure of it. I would agree with uh, what Chris is saying there. And again, just to remind everybody, this podcast is available on so many great different platforms, including Stitcher, iTunes, and TuneIn. Uh, so as well, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, that's great. But we've also got some really good audio uh, platforms as well, especially if you're on the go. Perfect for long trips, commutes. Uh, you know, if you're at work and you're bored and you want to listen to something cool, go ahead, listen to this podcast. Um, and you can do that through iTunes, through Stitcher, and through TuneIn as well as our host, podcast.com. Uh, if you guys want, you could, you could listen to us, consume us that way as well. So lots of different ways to consume this show. And if you didn't get a chance to watch our last episode, uh, definitely I encourage you guys to. We talked about a lot of great things, including uh, cancer, the fight against cancer. Uh, we talked about the Carter Effect at the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, we even talked about shimmying. And we even talked about a hashtag fee-fucking. So if you're curious to know, like, what is the hashtag fee-fucking all about, 
go back, check us out, episode 8, it's available on all those platforms we've talked about, including YouTube, um, so definitely go back, give that a shot, really good episode, our last episode, episode 8. But enough with the plugs, back to the show. Um, there was a weird situation that Uberfax was tweeting out about, where these two strangers sat next to one another on a plane and realized they're, that they're each other's doppelgangers. They look exactly alike, not related, total strangers, and it looks like the exact same person, aka doppelganger. Um, really, really crazy. Um, the, the, the probability of them being on the same plane is even crazier. Um, the fact that they look exactly alike. Um, really, really cool stuff uh, tweeted out by uh, Uberfax there. Uh, Joe Rogan tweeted out uh, through Instagram that he's watching a, he was watching a commercial and he was saying that I'm pretty sure that this motherfucker is not a doctor. Uh, so we'll take a look at that image and there you go. Um, I would tend to agree. I don't think that that guy's a doctor. He looks like a really lame actor or extra. Uh, then we've got a tweet, an old tweet, actually from September 11th, 2013, from Donald Trump. And yes, it is true. It seems like no matter what the occasion, there's a Donald Trump tweet for it. And sure enough, there is. So back in 2013, Donald Trump tweeted out, I would like to extend my best wishes, best wishes to all, even the haters and losers, on this special date, September 11th. Um, so to to see Donald Trump tweet out about haters and losers on September 11th says a lot about Donald Trump. I don't even need to kind of go into that. I think you guys, the tweet kind of speaks for itself, as the White House would say. Um, some other interesting brain droppings I had. Um, when you inhale and exhale, every time that you do, you're a little bit different than the one before. Um, we're always changing. And I added to that, and it's important to know that there are some changes you can't control, and there are others that you can. And then there was this article posted by the New York Post yesterday saying that sex, rob saying that sex robots uh, could actually be capable of murder, especially if they get hacked. Um, so as if those things weren't creepy enough, they could actually be hacked to uh, commit murder pretty scary stuff. The article there for the New York Post, again, if you're interested, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton to check that out. Uh, really, really creepy stuff, if you ask me. Um, also, cheap plug, uh, this channel on YouTube also includes uh, JFWR Wrestling, and we had a, a show that was live yesterday, um, but you guys can still watch it if you'd like. Uh, I definitely encourage you guys to. Some great matches. Uh, the Bullet Club, which is AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. I know, not the traditional bullet, bullet Club that everybody's used to. But JFWR's version of Bullet Club, Chris Jericho and AJ Styles, took on the team of The Rock and Roman Reigns, which is known as Bloodline, in an awesome elimination tag uh, main event for JFWR Live. Um, in addition to that, uh, the co-main event was probably just as good, maybe even better. It featured the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on Edge. Uh, so if you didn't get a chance to check that out live, definitely check it out on YouTube on the same channel uh, whenever you get a chance to. It is a really, really good show, um, and we try to pump one out at least once a week, so definitely check that out. 
Um, another interesting tweet, this came from Uberfax about 20 hours ago, so we're back into the 24-hour frame. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that 11% of Americans think that HTML is a type of STD. Um, that's the type of stat that you can't make up because it's so crazy, but apparently it's true. Um, Utah Policy tweeted out uh, an exclusive that really interests me. Uh, it says that sources close to Mitt Romney says he is readying to run for Senate if Senator Orrin Hatch retires. Um, so if Orrin Hatch retires, Mitt Romney, it's been a, a long-standing rumor that he would run for that Senate spot. Um, and I think that would be very interesting. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Mitt Romney, especially his religious views. Um, but... I do like that he seems to be more moderate than most Republicans uh, in Congress today, and I think that that would be a change that would be welcome uh, for many Americans, um, and, and it definitely would be welcome for me as well. Um, you know, to see him uh, serve as a senator would be interesting, especially as he ran, he was a former, as everybody knows, presidential candidate. Um, you know, it, it, Again, it brings me to something that I haven't talked about on this podcast, but I've tweeted out in the past before. I would love to see somebody like Barack Obama go back to the Senate. Um, and I know for some people, they might look at that and think, well, why? Like, that would be a downgrade. I wouldn't view it as a downgrade. It, it, there is historical precedent. There has been a president who, um, went after he was president, went back to the Senate. Um, and I think if Obama did that, number one, because he's young enough to be able to do that, but number two, if he really is about making change, which I believe he is, or, you know, that's, that's what I wanted to believe when he first was running for office as president, um, there's no better place to you know, make change than in Congress, right? Um, if Obama's presidency proved anything, it, it was that. It was that there's only so much that the president can do, um, and that the real power more and more you see it is is in Congress you know at the end of the day those are the guys that write the bills that become laws um, that is the ultimate power and you know a lot of people would debate that they would say well you know there's checks and balances yes but if you break it down you know if you have a two-thirds majority in Congress you can override a president you can override the president's veto you know if you've got enough of a majority in Congress you can actually impeach a president you know um, so there's a lot of power that Congress has, and there's just, you know, not enough knowledge about it, I think, in the general public in the U.S. If they did, I think people would be more interested in the story. Um, if, they, if they were, I think people would probably be pushing more for Obama to go back to the Senate. It's a pipe dream. I don't think Obama ever would go back to the Senate, but I think, you know, if I was Obama, I would. Um, I, I think that that's the best place to enact change is, is, is in Congress, and you have a stronger voice being a former president uh, in the Senate. You know, that, that's something that hasn't happened in a long time in U.S. politics, but it has happened before, and that's why I would be interested to see if that ever happened again. I would love to see Obama do that, but as time goes on, that seems unlikely. Uh, but Mitt Romney, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, so, uh, the NFL finally came back after a long offseason. One of the games that caught my eye was how poorly the New York Giants did in their game. Um, and one of the things about that was OBJ was not playing. Uh, so my tweet on that was, after that game, OBJ is getting paid, um, for sure. He's looking to become one of the richest players in the NFL. 
I think he's got that case, especially after watching that game. Uh, Eli Manning just looked totally dysfunctional and lost without OBJ. Um, I, I think OBJ, in, 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 even though he didn't play in that game really, um, you know, he proved his worth because of that. He proved how valuable he is to the New York Giants. Uh, speaking of New York, uh, but going to New York Mets, I thought this was an awesome tweet. The Tampa Bay Rays tweeted out uh, to the Mets clubhouse, the keys were under the mat, thanks. And for some context for that, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays obviously not being able to play in Tampa uh, because of the Hurricane Irma. Um, so Major League Baseball was able to find a, a temporary place for them to play, uh, which was uh, with the New York Mets Stadium. Um, I believe it used to be called Shea Stadium. I'm not sure if it still is now. I believe it's the MetLife Stadium. I'm not 100% sure on that, but whatever the New York Mets new stadium is called, that's where the Tampa Bay Rays were able to play. Um, so I thought that that was a really cute tweet that they had uh, to the New York Mets. The keys were under the mat. Thanks. I thought that was pretty good. Um, staying with sports, going back to the NFL, um, a lot a lot of interest about the, the Rams playing now in Los Angeles um, instead of St. Louis. And if you're looking and you saw that, if you watched that game or if you just saw the pictures like this picture right here, they were claiming that the Rams had 60,000 in attendance. But if you're looking at all of the, that red, all of that red represents empty seats. Um, so to me, uh, that does not look like 60,000. And I tweeted out, this is what 60,000 looks like, hashtag Rams. I don't think so. Um, then I read something that, that really piqued my interest yesterday, especially, you know, we've been talking about North Korea on the show quite a lot. Um, CNN tweeted out yesterday, about 18 hours ago, um, the UN Security Council unanimously adopted a US-drafted resolution to impose new sanctions on North Korea. So that sounded awesome. I was so excited about that seemed like we were making progress with that issue. But then I read the UN Security Council adopted a new North Korea sanctions after the US eased demands to satisfy China and Russia. But I was excited because I thought, oh, you know, China and Russia voted for this. It's a big deal. Maybe there is hope after all for the world. And then I read that the US kind of, you know, tweaked the original uh, sanctions they had planned uh, to ease the demands uh, to get the vote from China and Russia. Um, so to me, it was like, uh, this is really the same old, same old. Um, they are stiffer sanctions, don't get me wrong, but it's not to the level that the U.S. initially drafted. Um, so, you know, at first I was really hopeful. I was thinking, oh, this is great, China, Russia, they're on board. Um, but then I read that the U.S. actually had to tweak it before it was passed, and then I was just like, oh, okay, well, this is par for the course. This is the norm. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, it is still uh, stiffer sanctions against North Korea. We'll see what this does. Um, it is slight progress, I think. Um, Ian Bremer tweeted out, multilateral UN sanctions against North Korea getting tougher. We have to give the Trump administration credit. Uh, and I said to him, no, we don't. Uh, the U.S. actually eased demands to satisfy Russia and China. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily give the U.S. or the Trump administration that much credit um, when they have to ease back uh, their demands. Yeah, the, um, there was another tweet that I saw, speaking of the NFL, um, 
that I thought was interesting. It was an observation by Pat McAfee. Um, so if you're interested, uh, check out at Pat McAfee Show on Twitter. Um, for some reason, there's some issues playing this clip. I wasn't able to play it. Um, but I do definitely want you guys to check it out if you can. Uh, he pointed out a really, really good observation um, by this punter. He, you know, usually when you're punting the ball, there's a certain way that you, you know, hold it before you drop it and you kick it. He did it sideways to give it like a helicopter effect, just so that it would go out at like the five yard line, um, and it played perfectly. Um, so Pat McAfee, really good observation. I don't think anybody else really noticed that, definitely not on the live broadcast. Um, so very, very cool observation. Definitely something interesting to check out if you're interested, uh, at Pat McAfee Show on Twitter. Um, the other interesting thing that I saw, going back to wrestling, uh, was actually this image that I didn't even see before, of Braun Strowman dressed up like Wonder Woman. Um, it's hilarious. Uh, so I actually tweeted out, Brock Lesnar, she's not finished with you yet. Um, hashtag Raw, hashtag Braun Strowman, hashtag Wonder Woman. Um, so hilarious, uh, Braun Strowman for some reason dressed up like Wonder Woman, I guess for Halloween, I hope. Um, really, really ridiculous, and definitely something that I wanted to share with you guys here on the podcast. Um, and then I've got an interesting thread. Um, hopefully some of this is information that you guys didn't even know about. I didn't know about it before last night, uh, but I wanted to share with you guys some of this information. Some of it I did, some of it is new. Um, I definitely want to share with you guys because I found it really interesting. Uh, so the first is that most people don't realize, but the Federal Reserve is a private private corporation owned by the banks and not a government agency. Um, I did know that before, um, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that think it's actually a government agency when it's not. Um, one, something that I didn't know, though, about the Federal Reserve is that the Federal Reserve Act in 1913 was actually an act of Congress that passed in the middle of the night on a recess. Uh, so some pretty shady business dealings going on there. Um, just kind of continuing that thought about economics and money, um, if you've got all of your money and savings right now, the return that you're getting on those savings isn't enough to even cover your cost of living. Um, your money is shrinking, it's a tax on savers that benefits debtors having these low interest rates that we've seen. And, and now, you know, you're starting to see countries uh, raise interest rates, including Canada recently, but it remains to be seen if that's going to have a positive impact for people that are saving in general savings accounts. Uh, the greatest experiment uh, in money started in 2008-2009, and it's actually not Bitcoin. A lot of people think that it is, but it's not. The biggest and greatest experiment in money in, that started in 2008-2009 was actually when 22 central banks decided to make their interest rates zero and pump, started to pump money out trying to stop the economy from collapsing. And it's creating the largest bubble in history, and it's actually holding about 2 billion people hostage. Uh, most economists think that it actually won't end well, but nobody knows where this is going to go because it's unprecedented. At the same time, going back talking about Bitcoin, Bitcoin doesn't look quite as crazy if you compare it um, because the money is on the internet with controlled issuance. Um, 
only a certain amount of money is actually created with Bitcoin and it's controlled by formulas. Um, so basically what that does is it makes it stable, uh, it makes it like a stable supply and it cannot be manipulated by governments or by banks. And the reason why I got interested in this, I just kind of really dived into this and made a huge thread of, of these brain droppings of these thoughts, is because, you know, if you think about it, if you go back, a dollar of money used to be worth about a dollar's worth of gold. Um, that was until Nixon ended that in 1971. Uh, so, you know, now we're living in what they call the share economy um, because nobody can afford to own anything whether that's like a car or a house um, you know nobody from my generation can really afford any of those things um, and it's because of the how fragile the economy has become um, you know a generation ago a household could manage with just one person in the household working just one job today both people in the household could be working three jobs each and you know they may not even be able to make ends meet with that um, so, you know, people are uncomfortable with Bitcoin because it represents change for something that has only really changed four to five times before. Um, you know, you, you go back in history, you're talking about the bartering system, which started us off. You know, so basically, you know, I've got a goat, you've got three chickens, we'll make a trade there. Um, then we developed systems where, you know, we, we gave more value to feathers and shells and certain types of metals. Um, and then we went to exclusive precious metals that had the faces of kings on them. And then in the 15th century, we started to see certificates of deposit, or basically paper notes, which were you know, traded in place of gold. Um, and this obviously was introducing paper money for the first time. And then in the 1950s, we saw uh, the introduction of plastic. So you, know, you saw the diners club, you saw traveler's checks, you saw credit cards being introduced as well none of those transitions were smooth either so you know a lot of people are looking at bitcoin and they're saying oh you know this is crazy you know how is this going to work but if you go back throughout history you know going from the bartering system going to feathers and shells going to precious metals with king's faces on them you know going to uh you know paper notes um certificates of deposit you know going to uh plastic all those things took time and none of those transitions were smooth at all. Uh, the transition from precious metals to a piece of paper actually took 400 years. Um, so it took almost 40 years for credit cards to go mainstream. So this is just to give you guys an idea on how long it takes for a transition in terms of currency uh, to, to take hold, in terms of currency, in terms of trade. Um, so the hope for Bitcoin is that they can do it in less than 20 years, um, which that seems pretty reasonable. You know, credit cards was the last big change that took 40 years. Bitcoin is hoping to get things going in 20 years. And, you know, right now it's been about nine years. So, you know, they've got another 11 to go. Um, you know, Bitcoin is out there. People know what Bitcoin is. Whether or not people use Bitcoin, 
most people don't. It's, it's not mainstream, but if you look at it, um, there's a lot of interesting things about it. Being able to trade internationally, um, being able to use it in countries where the currency is completely devalued, or you know, if, if you live in a place where there's a, a dictatorship, um, you know, Bitcoin has a lot of really interesting things about it. Um, the fact that it's anonymous is interesting. Um, so, you know, the interesting thing about Bitcoin as well is that they're not trying to replace national currency, they're just supplementing it. Um, so that's, that's interesting to know about Bitcoin because a lot of people think like, oh, this is a replacement. Um, it's not a replacement, it's, it's really to be viewed as a supplement to your current national currency. So if it's the American dollar, the Canadian dollar, uh, the British pound, uh, the yen, whatever your currency is, um, it, it's just meant to supplement, not meant to replace it. Um, something else I didn't know as I was kind of going down this rabbit hole about you know economics and money and Bitcoin is that when it comes to stocks, I didn't know that stocks are actually traded in Mawa, New Jersey, where the actual data centers are. So it's not actually in Manhattan where a lot of people think you know you know stocks are traded. It's actually going on in Mawa, New Jersey, where the actual data centers are. And it's so crazy because companies are actually moving closer to that area because they want to be able to trade faster. They think it gives them a competitive advantage. Um, and in, in New Jersey, where these data centers are, they actually have a measured amount of fiber optic cables to try and make sure that there is no unfair advantage. Um, but it is interesting to see this information. I, I honestly didn't know anything about that before. I assumed, I, th I think a lot of people did, did that, you know, the New York Stock Exchange, Manhattan, you know, that's where the stocks get traded, but it's actually Mawa, New Jersey. Um, so I found that really interesting. Um, and another thing I found interesting as I was kind of, you know, digging in deeper into this um, is how much trade floors have changed. You know, if you go back even like five, ten years ago, um, you know, you turn on like CNBC, you would see the trade floor and you would see it full of people, you know, buying and selling and doing all types of weird gestures, um, you know, to, to buy and, and sell uh, stocks. Um, but if you look at it now, you know, so this is the before and after for UBS, this is all because of algorithmic tra trading, using algorithms uh, to trade, buy and sell stocks. Um, so this looks like a downturn, um, you know, because this is the before, this is the after, there's definitely a lot less people, but they're actually making more money now with using algorithms uh, for trading. Um, so to kind of break up the economics, because I know sometimes that can be a bit dry, but I found it, f I find this stuff fascinating. I hope you guys do too. A lot of stuff that's enlightening that I had no idea about before. Um, but an interesting tweet uh, from Billionaire Mindset saying that the story of your life has many chapters. One bad chapter doesn't mean it's the end of the book. And I thought that that was a really good tweet. Uh, but going back to economics, going back to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, uh, banks could create their own cryptocurrency, but it would be like the intranet. Uh, so if you ever worked in an office before where your company has a specific intranet um, that only your company uses, that would be what the banks would be creating if they created their own cryptocurrencies. It would just be you know, for the people that bank at that specific bank versus something like Bitcoin that is truly worldwide, that is like the internet.
Um, so I think that that is um, the best way to compare the two things. You know, is it possible that banks could, could create their own cryptocurrency? Sure, but it would be very restricted. It would, it would have borders to it. What you're talking about with Bitcoin, what makes it fascinating is that there are no borders to it. It's anonymous, it's worldwide, it is very much like the internet um, in that sense. Um, something that kind of freaked me out as I was going deeper into this with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is that we seem to be moving closer and closer to a cashless society, a society where governments are slowly but surely phasing out uh, the ability to pay for things with cash and therefore pay for things anonymous, anonymously, giving money to friends, family, uh, people in need. Um, it seems like uh, if it does go that route, where everything is debit and credit, um, you know, that makes it a pretty scary situation because what that allows using digital money uh, is that, you know, it can be tracked. It can be used as surveillance uh, to see like where you're spending money, how you're spending money, when, where, etc. Uh, so that's kind of creepy, um, but that was something that I, I was looking at when I was kind of digging into uh, Bitcoin, currency, cryptocurrency, uh, the future of money. Um, and if you don't believe that the societies are going to a more cashless version of themselves, um, take a look at a place like Kenya. Um, where only, I believe, 10% of transactions, possibly even less now, actually are made with cash. Um, if you look at Canada as an example, uh, there is reasoning behind it, but it still happened. Uh, the penny is no longer minted, it's no longer made, it's not currency with value to it. You know, is that the first step in many steps to eventually get to this point where you know, you, you see like this cashless society. Um, you know, you, you look at a lot of places that only only allow for payments made by credit card. You look at Ikea as an example, or debit. Um, you know, you can't make payments with cash. Um, so this idea seems far-fetched, but you know, if you're looking at it uh, from a perspective of what's gonna happen in the next 10, 15, 20 years, it doesn't really seem as far-fetched as it sounds. Um, but it is scary because, again, like what's cool about cash is that it's anonymous, is that it can be spent, you know, whenever, wherever, and it can't be tracked or traced. But if you're talking about, um, you know, using digital money, using debit and credit, um, that can be tracked, that can be traced, it can be used for surveillance by the government, by corporations. Um, so that's some pretty freaky stuff, um, but some stuff that interests me, hopefully it interests you guys as well. Um, then I had a bit of a joke, uh, so I posted this uh, image of Gordon Gecko on the beach with his old school brick cell phone. So I said, you know, nowadays if you're a hipster you might say, oh you think you're chic because you've gone back to using a flip phone? Bitch, I'm using a Gecko brick phone again. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. And then there's this. So yesterday was 9-11, um, and, you know, every, I think everybody's thoughts, prayers, you know, everything goes out to uh, the families of those people that were impacted during 9-11, for sure. Um, but I think that at the same time, you know, it's been 16 years, and I think that for the wrong reasons, the media and a lot of people 
take the events of 9-11 and they kind of milk it um, for their own gain and I find it so disturbing and so disgusting you know um, because if you compare it to something like Pearl Harbor it's just not quite the same coverage right and maybe it's a recency bias maybe it's because 9-11 happened you know just 16 years ago but it was now 16 years ago um, so one of the worst things that I saw yesterday um, was actually from not really much of a surprise but it was Fox News uh, Fox News asked will liberals try to remove flight 93 memorial like they did the Confederate statues oh man like just when you think the bar can't get any lower for Fox News it does and again you know I don't group all Republicans as being people that even watch Fox News um, but Fox News itself should be ashamed for even asking that question it's so disgusting and I mean at the end of the day like that's really what's wrong with politics in the US it's that everything is a wedge issue even the things that aren't even the things that shouldn't be um, you know flight 93 memorials there's no controversy about those nobody on the left or right is saying that those should be removed right and you're comparing those with confederate statues um, you know your sense of history is so twisted and so ridiculous that you would equate those two things honestly that statement is no different than the ignorant statement that Donald Trump made saying oh you know we want to get rid of those confederate statues what's next are we going to get rid of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson no no we're not because nobody's equating those two things right um, nobody would ever equate confederate statues with flight 93 memorial so Fox News is out there um, hopefully when people saw that they were like me and reacted the way I did and just went you know um, just the amount of ignorance and just stupidity never fails to astonish you from Fox News it just keeps getting lower and lower their bar you know um, an interesting tweet from Complex Magazine was showing uh, the Bugatti Chiron going from zero to 249 miles per hour and back to zero in record time. And there you see it in that GIF. Um, an interesting tweet from Trevor Noah, he was saying, I want the car that the camera's in, because obviously the camera was ahead of the car as it was going, so I thought that was a pretty funny tweet. Um, Abdul tweeted out, I just found out that the division symbol is just a blank fraction with dots replacing the numerator and the denominator. So if you think of the division sign, right, um, that's absolutely right. It, it does actually represent like a fraction with a dot for the numerator and a dot for the denominator at the bottom. Um, that's something interesting. I never really thought about that. I never really, to be honest, never really paid close enough attention to the symbol itself for division. Um, but that's absolutely right. Um, so when I saw that and when the internet saw that on Twitter, a lot of it blew a lot of people's minds. Um, and then Tim, Dickens, uh, Tim Dickinson tweeted out uh, an interesting thread about Ted Cruz. Um, and this was actually a thread from Matt BC that he tweeted about. 
Um, so basically this thread I encourage everybody to read because not a lot of people are aware of how crazy this is uh, but Ted Cruz uh, is believing that the government can ban you from masturbating um, so if you want to talk about extreme views and extreme religious views uh, look no further than Ted Cruz and definitely check out that thread uh, from at MattBC um, on Twitter um, again you know we talk about Fox News sometimes you do have to talk about some Republicans and you do have to talk about Ted Cruz in this instance um, and I don't get it man and, and I think like that's what's really wrong with this Republican Party right now is that you say that you're for less government but now you want the government to control whether or not you can masturbate it doesn't really make sense to me it seems like you're being very very hypocritical um, then the other thing was um, earlier today uh, I was able to and, and you guys can view this on the YouTube channel as well uh, I was able to try out uh, NASCAR's new game NASCAR Heap 2 and to be honest with you guys I haven't played a NASCAR game since I believe it was like the NASCAR Thunder days like early 2000s um, and in this game, um, the way that it, the, the cars handle, uh, the way that the game goes, the gameplay, um, was very much like that. So um, I actually recommend it, guys. Um, if you have a chance, definitely check, check out uh, the footage on YouTube, uh, on our channel, uh, to see how it goes. Um, but it was fun. Like I actually enjoy the game, um, and I recommend it. I'm going to be playing it a lot. You'll see a lot of YouTube videos for that in the future. Uh, as I'm playing it live, but um, yeah, NASCAR Heat 2, very, very exciting game. Uh, this is the time of year where a lot of really good games are getting released, so NASCAR Heat 2 is just like the first of many that I'm going to be getting and showing you guys live on this YouTube channel. Um, you know, NHL 18 is going to be coming out, I can't wait for that game. Obviously the expansion uh, Vegas Club is going to be in there, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see like what they rate Austin Matthews as, as a Maple Leafs fan. I'm interested to see uh, what the roster looks like. Obviously, Patrick Marlowe joining the Leafs as well, so it'll be interesting for me to see that. Um, we definitely will be having a Maple Leafs franchise mode uh, for NHL 18 when it comes out. Uh, but I also, you know, we, we've, we've been playing the NHL 17 franchise mode. We've made a lot of changes to the roster as well. Uh, so I want to continue to play that one out as well, just so those of you guys that are watching uh, can kind of see like how that season ends up going. But we're also at the same time going to start an NHL 18 season as soon as that game comes out, which will be later this week. Um, in addition to that, uh, in the following weeks, we've got a lot of different games coming out. We've got uh, NBA 2K18 coming out, so I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, and in October, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the WWE 2K18 game coming out, so definitely that one will also be on the YouTube channel. Um, and lastly, another game that I'm really looking forward to is going to be coming out, I believe, on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, I forget which, uh, but the LEGO uh, Marvel Super Heroes 2 game is going to be coming out. Uh, if, if you watch our channel on YouTube, you've seen us play uh, LEGO Batman Beyond, you've seen us play uh, LEGO uh, Marvel Super Heroes number 1, both of those games were so much fun. I can't wait to see Super Heroes 2 Marvel. Um, it, it looks like there's a lot more characters, uh, especially like the, the newer characters that we're seeing in the Marvel Universe of movies. Um, so I'm really excited to be playing 
that game as well and for you guys to see it on this YouTube channel. Uh, so keep it here. Definitely, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do. A lot of really cool stuff going on in addition to this podcast. Um, so yeah, there's a show called This Morning that actually had on a guy, I believe, that was developing the sex robot, um, and it was the creepiest thing I think I've ever seen. Um, so it, I'm having some issues playing it for you guys, but if you want, definitely check out twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. We've got it there on the timeline. Um, definitely check that video out because it is creepy. Um, you know, and it kind of goes to that, that previous thing, previous article that the New York Post had, saying that these things can be hacked uh, to, and they're capable of murder. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, just that, that video, if you guys can see it, um, definitely check it out. It is very, very creepy. Um, some other news, some sports news going back to uh, basketball from, yesterday, from the other day. Uh, Charles Oakley has actually filed his civil lawsuit and James Dolan, Madison Square Garden, and MSG Sports and Entertainment are named. Uh, so I think, you know, good for Charles Oakley. I don't think he did anything wrong from what we saw of the footage, at least from the footage, uh, when he was attending that uh, New York Knicks game. Um, you know, and especially as, a, as a, a Hall of Famer, a legend like Charles Oakley, to be disrespected that way in front of all those fans, I think was so, s- such a bad image for um, the Knicks who already have a bad image and their owner, James Dolan, you know, his image couldn't get worse, except it did when this happened, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Oakley's uh, lawsuit there. And another interesting tweet from Uberfax, lobsters have been known to engage in cannibalism. Um, probably not a surprise to anybody if you've ever been to a restaurant or a grocery store where you see lobsters, even with the rubber bands on, you'll see them trying to like pinch at each other. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's too surprising, but it was interesting. Um, uh, some other interesting news uh, before we started this podcast actually J.J. Abrams has been named again uh, to write and direct for Star Wars this time for episode 9 so a lot of Star Wars fans really interested and excited about that news I know I am, I I think that he did a good job uh, before, I'm interested to see how he does again uh, with episode 9 and we'll end the podcast by talking about uh, and and you guys watching a clip from uh, the director of HBO's Insecure uh, because he has mastered the art of properly lighting black faces. And I know um, in our previous podcast, we were talking about how um, the media just does such a poor job of, you know, really identifying the beauty in uh, black people. And, you know, we were, we were talking about how Maria Sharapova was saying that, oh, you know, uh, Serena Williams is thick, thick arms, thick legs. But, you know, um, there's so much beauty in black people, and I think that I think you know uh, there's nothing wrong with being thick. Um, you know, for a lot of people, including myself, I view that as, as being actually kind of sexy. So, um, you know, I, I, this I thought was interesting because it, it doesn't get enough play, I don't think. Um, and I, I think that this was uh, just a really interesting perspective from this director on lighting black faces for his show HBO's in- Insecure. Um, so I wanted to play that for you guys. People of Insecure look amazing. Issa looks better than you. Lawrence looks better than me. Daniel looks better than you and me. Cameras don't always show brown people in our best light. And we live in a world where light skin and long hair is prioritized over dark skin and curly hair. So how do people in Insecure look so good? 
To find out more, I talked to Ava Brokowski. She's Insecure's director of photography. The way I approach dark skin tone technically is all about the skin is reflective. One, make sure the makeup artist uses a reflective base on the skin. Two, give skin something to reflect. It's not the amount or intensity of the light source, it's the surface area of the light. Three is I use a polarizer, which is a filter that goes um, in front of the lens. This actually works really well when you're lighting with, you know, a reflected surface on skin tone because it can shape the light uh, in a really pretty amazing, effective way. Ava told me that in film school, some professors would teach students to throw blue and amber light onto their dark skin actors. But Ava doesn't agree with that. She says that there's not one shade that lights all types of dark skin. But it wasn't always like this. Let's back up to the 40s where Kodak would test the color accuracy of their film against pictures of women called Shirley cards. Shirley models were very inclusive. They included white women. If the Shirley model looked good in the photo, then everything else checked out. It was only in the 1970s that Kodak addressed complaints about how the color brown appeared on film. Not because of people of color, but because of wooden furniture companies complaining. Apparently, distinguishing shades of wood is more important than how black people look on film, apparently. The conversations were always like stressed about how lighting dark skin is different, quote unquote, which I just always thought was a messed up way to see things because it makes Caucasian skin the baseline that different is measured from. The amount of effort that Insecure's crew puts in speaks to the importance of representing black culture properly. It reminds us that Afrocentric features can not only look good, but they look damn good. Now it's on the rest of Hollywood to keep in mind that black faces don't have to be and shouldn't be an afterthought. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, that message black is beautiful, I think definitely rings true, um, you know, with, with a clip like that as well. So um, I thought that was a cool way to end the podcast. Uh, thanks so much, guys, for watching the show. Can't wait for episode number 10, which is coming your way maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, just like with this episode, it all depends on what's out there to talk about. Um, but before we go, definitely remember there's just 36 hours left. Uh, to vote if you can please do uh, Maxim's Finest the link will be down below on YouTube and it will be on all of our platforms so you guys can uh, go access that link uh, please make sure that you do vote again there's 36 hours left uh, to vote for my friend Anna uh, and you know you can vote through Facebook you can vote with the warrior vote and if you vote with the warrior vote again uh, really great cause a portion of the proceeds goes uh, and benefits the homes for wounded warriors um, so definitely do that uh, as much as you can um, and we would both appreciate it um, other than that i'll see you guys on the next episode